Well, <laughs> the booze hounds return. <laughs> Season Short two. Rehab, back yeah, exactly. at it. <laughs> Dried out and ready to re-engage with our hungry audience after uh, the, the summer that um, we both took off. Um, I think, and uh, well deserved. With this, this is, I think, our twenty-fifth recording. But welcome officially to episode, uh, episode one of season two of the Last Call. How are you, Andy? I am great, David. It's good to be back. It is. It actually, and honestly, it is because we haven't really spoken an awful lot over the last few months, have we? We've, we've both been tied up with a bunch of, you know, life, I guess, and so it's good to catch up, you know, from both the, just the fact that we're actually recording again, but just you know, generally, it's good to talk to you. Yeah, yeah, same here. That was, uh, you know, one of the things I think that was lacking this summer was a uh, daily dose of David Griggs. That, well, I'm, I'm, well, I take, I'm, thank you, I'm flattered. Um, you know, I, I get to spend every day with me, so I, I, I obviously don't feel the same way. But, I, but I, what I should be saying is, uh, I, I feel the same way about you. Yes, that that, that was the okay. correct answer there, wasn't it? And I totally gotcha. missed that. I'll never get it back. <laughs> That's okay. all right. Um, so, um, firstly, I think, you know, um, folks that, um, perhaps, you know, um, I, I did get a few, I've been on the road a little bit and I did get a few nudges about, are you guys still doing this thing or like, what's going on? So the answer is absolutely yes, we are. Um, we've decided to do a second season of your favorite short form, um, and lightly, um, what's the right word? Sort of lightly covered, um, subject matter, <laughs> the shallow dive, as I like to call it. There it is. There yeah, it is. that's yeah. a good one. Yeah. Um, and so tonight, you know, why don't you, well, actually, um, let's keep, let's, let's keep the tradition here. First of all, let's talk about what it is we're, um, drinking and then perhaps you can, uh, as always t- tell our listeners what it is we're going to talk about, but, um, I'm, I'm going to give you some guesses. What do you, what do you think? Uh, what do you think uh, is the Ooh, beverage? I'm- let's see. I'm going to go with a nice G and T. Well, okay. I'm slightly annoyed about that, but yes, no, they <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, it's, it's actually a, a gin and slimline tea. Uh, I'm on a bit of a health kick. What the hell's well, that? No, it's it's okay. That's a very British way of saying diet tonic, right? Oh, okay. Um, uh, and I'm not quite sure the the sugar in the you know the like point three of an ounce of tonic I normally put in my um, gin and tonics is actually the real problem. But I feel better about it. So you know. Well, well there you go. I mean, that's what it's all about, really. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And how about yourself, Andy? Uh, I am drinking a Rubens Hazelicious. It's kind of my go-to uh, when I'm looking at store overwhelmed by choices going like, eh, we're starting to slip into like fall winter beers. A lot of pumpkin stuff out there, which I refuse to pay for. Mm. So, yeah, I go back to my hazies. You know, when I start to see pumpkin spice anything, I just, I don't know, it's something about that puts my back up for some reason. Oh, well, if you want to talk about another episode, <laughs> how about Christmas decorations already oh, up? At, I was in uh, Lowe's today. Oh my God, they're everywhere. Yeah, ridiculous. Like, I got Halloween in one section. My kid's going nuts for that. But then I look over, Christmas trees like, does not, my it's brain wrong. not exploded. It's yeah, wrong. Did not compute. Yeah, I mean, don't don't like cross the streams, right? We've got exactly. we've still got Thanksgiving to get out of the way before I start to My have to sweat holiday. about Christmas. Yeah, by the way, I love this time of year. Like for me, um, Halloween is almost like the starter's pistol, right, of um, yeah. the holiday season. And once you know, because I'm a cold weather guy, 
I grew up in England, so you know, the part of it's probably cultural. But you know, I think once that weather starts to you know close in, the nights draw in, and I just, I'm just I'm that that's me. That's my favorite time of year. I'm a family person. You know, I love it all. Um, also, lucky enough to have a family that are not completely mental. Um, which helps, right? <laughs> because I realize not <laughs> everybody is in that. that one. <laughs> <laughs> not everybody's in that position, <laughs> you know. But yeah, absolutely. Oh. So, season two, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think we're not going to mess with the format too much. I think we're going to be yeah. slightly less um, uh, strict with ourselves on timing. I feel like we cut a lot of conversations short last season um, because we were trying to do something. I think, when, but we're not going to turn this into like ninety minutes of you know some poor somebody no. listening for us to finally get to the point um we're gonna keep still keep them relatively short right but um yeah why don't you why don't you talk a bit about that and maybe what we're gonna we're gonna talk about this sure. evening. yeah i think the the format's gonna be the same as far as like topics right kind of we're gonna try grouping them i think that worked better for us in the in the latter half of season one so we we may do series um which also yeah. helps us with prep like we may actually do <laughs> prep this season which is scary <laughs> Uh, I I don't know how that's going to turn, but, uh, and then, you know, like you said, I don't think we're, we're going to go too long, um, kind of cutting it down to 10 minutes felt like it was rushed at times, but then, um, other times it felt like we were drawing stuff out. So we're just going to kind of let the conversation go and, and we'll see where we land. But, you know, I, I, when we were talking, I think the the first thing that I want to do is like trying to dust the cobwebs off of the old podcast here is, you know, let's stick to something that that we're both pretty comfortable talking about. But um, your, yes. your recent experience, I call it the summer of streaming. Um, you've been on the road a lot. You've been to some of the bigger shows, NAB, IBC, uh, DMUX. Yeah, yes. so I, I wanted to, to dive into those a little bit because I didn't go. Um, right for various reasons. And I think I will be definitely attending next year, but, um, you know, kind of let's start with, uh, I know we kind of talked touched on NAB, um, for the European audience though, IBC, what, what were your takeaways from IBC? Well, firstly, for me, it's always a higher quality show and I do apologize to my colleagues at the NAB. (laughs) And it's not, it's not, and not that the NAB isn't valuable. Um, and they do it, you know, they put on a very um, comprehensive show. The quality, the difference in quality I'm talking about is not in the exhibitors and, and the level of, you know, expertise and, and frankly, innovation and inspiration that's on show. It's really more about the attendees, right? Mm. I feel like IBC is more of a business show, whereas, you know, NAB is in Las Vegas and, you know, you can go to Las Vegas with the best of intentions, but that place will eat you up, spit you out. And so half the people, you know, you and I remember this well as vent- as working mm. for a very large cloud, you know, vendor that most of the time you'd be lucky at NAB if, if your um, appointment showed up. And if they did, you know, in a number of cases, they didn't look great. Um, and you know, <laughs> maybe weren't exactly on the level, and and so IBC is just a little bit more. I, I don't know, European in that I guess it's just not efficient. quite <laughs> efficient. It has that, yeah, it has that kind of Dutch um, 
you know they don't it's 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 efficiency but also like this uh, the, the sort of it's it's very much a you know down to business thing so to answer your question mm-hmm. um you know i went there uh, representing my employer as a as a customer right so number one the big difference for me is now i'm no i now i'm now in charge of my own schedule right big deal right. you know i had lunch for example i you know had a chance oh, that to must walk be around nice. Very nice, you know. Whereas when you, you know what it's like when you're there as a vendor, you basically run from one poorly ventilated meeting room to the next, and you know you could be anywhere, right? And then it's out to dinner, and it's like you're you're still on because you're still selling. You're still, and it's just it's just relentless for like five days straight. As a customer, you get to set your own pace. So anyway, at IBC, I was there really evaluating. Um, I, you know, I I set put up a post on LinkedIn, and I said, look, hit me up if you know. Um, you have some tech that is in the um, you know format or experiential space. So mm-hmm. I was explicitly looking at you know things that might elevate the uh, experience of our streaming content. And when I say our, I'm talking about my employer. Um, you know, in um, the home because I feel like as a company, as a stream company that also happens to be a studio, we need to be. I think showing our subscribers that we care just as much in the telling of the story as we do in the making of it, right? That's important. Um, so many great movies get kind of ruined by a poorly configured TV. So that was kind of my thing. I was there looking at you know, things Good like tagline, um, by the way. Yeah, yeah, okay. But I, you know, but I mean, that's genuinely my job, and I'm passionate yeah. about it because I think um, you know people do want a cinematic experience at home. And that's now achievable because of the quality of the devices that are affordable for most people. Um, so anyway, I was looking at, you know, I think kind of things that really stood out for me um, that I was super interested in. Um, audio, immersive audio. Um, mm. So obviously the normal, you know, the big players in what I would call uh, the multi-channel um, format of multi-audio, the object-based, um, you know, immersive audio. So, the, you know, Dolby Atmos have, you know, it's a wonderful technology. I mean, clearly I went to a Dolby um, party at IBC though, um, that was at a, um, a recording studio that had a huge Atmos dub stage. Holy cow. And I listened to some um, remixed um, Atmos music, so not so much you know, for theatrical stuff. And it was just fantastic. So I think that technology is definitely one thing that was really stood out for me. Mm. Um, and I think also, um, you know, my uh, pet project right now is um, cinematic high frame rate. Um, you know, a lot of a lot has been made of the Cameron's re-release of Avatar One and the technology that he's using for Avatar Two, where he's shooting at forty-eight frames per second and he's using that headroom to do essentially motion grading for these brighter cinema screens and ultimately brighter home entertainment screens. Mm-hmm. So that's something that's really interesting. We should do, a, in fact, we should do a whole episode just on cinematic HFR. I think, you know, uh, personally speaking, I think that is probably uh, as a transformative technology as hdr is in some respects um and i guess just to finish up you know um some um real interest in av1 um that's a codec now that's being you know that has been around for a while the great white knight (laughs) exactly (laughs) it's going to save us all from our from our inefficient encoders (laughs) that atsc 3.0 that's yeah 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 well let's not let's not go down that blind alley from which no one has ever returned (laughs) um no but i do think av1 is kind of broken through that a little bit now and you know the the the, i think another interesting topic that we probably don't want to get into in too much detail today is that whole grain synthesis aspect of the spec right 
fascinating stuff, right? That really gives you some encoding um, efficiency at the expense of maybe some creative intent, you know. Um, but yeah, really interesting. Mm. Um, and then, and then, you know, just to finish up on your question, and I realize I've given this a really long-winded answer, but I spent a lot of time looking at machine learning and not in the places where you'd think I would be looking at it in terms of processing and, and encoder efficiency, but really looking at, you know, there was a company there at, I, at um, IBC that, um, we're using machine learning to do essentially um, highlight generation for uh, major sports events. So they have some pre-trained models or you can train your own. Not in innovative in itself, right? But the way they productized it really was. So their idea was, um, you know, let's say you turn up 20 minutes late for your favorite football game streaming, right? Um, and today, most platforms offer you two choices, right? Join live or start from the beginning. Most people like their sports live, right? So we've seen statistically the vast majority of people sacrifice what they've missed and just join live because they don't want Twitter to, to blow up and tell them right. something. You know what I mean? Like they don't want to, they don't want to be behind time. Yep. Um, so what about if you had a third option that just said, "Show me what you've we've missed," and then it joins into the live stream? So you have a machine learning based algorithm that's generating a highlights package that's maybe time boxed to say ninety seconds. So regardless of how many events it has to cram in, it's never longer than ninety seconds. It makes some very very um, intelligent decisions about what to put in that ninety seconds based on the model, um, and then you have this great. And I'm sitting there and I'm listening to this pitch. And I'm working, I work for a major entertainment company. And I'm thinking, why aren't we doing this? Like, that yeah. is incredible. Like, that's great. If I turn up for a soccer game that 20 minutes late and I get a chance to say, get a little bit of a 90 second preview before I hit the jump into live coverage, that's a really great option between starting over and just joining straight live, right? Mm -hmm. So, stuff like that. There's some, just some really, I just left IBC. I had mixed feelings. It was very, I left inspired and I left, I left slightly aggravated that, you know, I, we don't have the time to do everything that I saw <laughs> now on the show. <laughs> okay. All right. So it sounds like, I mean, the big ones obviously were AV1 encoding, which I think has been at like every trade show for the past however many years. Um, yeah. And then HFR seems like you're pretty excited about, uh, you know, the Dolby Atmos, I think. Um, for the audience out there, there's a, a, a paper out there called Movie Lab 2030. Um, and this is kind of painting the vision of what uh, movie production, content production looks like in 10 years, right? So it's a, a forum that's put together by the technical people in, in the M&E community. And one of their big uh, topics is that, is you know, part of the immersion is these audio objects. And Atmos, yeah. is, I think, has just taken that next step to where now you know we're going to be able to to take these um elements and there there could be m millions of them um instead of just the couple hundred that we have or even less than that now today it's interesting for home entertainment use cases that actually gets distilled down to just a few so there's like this right. collapsing but in the cinema you're absolutely right i mean there are, there could be thousands even today there could be thousands of, of objects that represent a single sound source a single stem yeah, yeah let me ask you something sure. um so, you know, we, we focus a lot in our industry on video, right? Because, you know, you, you, you know, we, you both previously worked in and I still currently work in, um, you know, an entertainment for an entertainment company. Um, and, you know, we're very focused on, you know, visual storytelling, but how to me, I, 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 I'm beginning to come around to the feeling that audio 
is just as important in terms of telling a story. And I don't just mean like the dialogue. I mean the music, the effects, the way it's rendered, the way it appears in your living room. It, it, it may even be more important than what's on a two-dimensional screen sitting in the center of a living room. But what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's um, goes back to the human experience of like the more senses that you can incorporate into an experience, the more powerful that experience is. I think um, audio for sure. I mean, uh, God, now I'm forgetting. What is the name of that? The Christopher Nolan movie, Tenant. Yeah. I mean, if you try to watch half the time, you're missing the story because the the dialogue mixing was so bad on it like the sound mixing it's 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 kind of known it's just it's a problem yeah even in batman like it's just for some reason christopher nolan just has really bad audio mixing well it's Um, you know it's partly because uh yeah i mean yes there's a sort of background to that in that um the the atmos near field mix which ends up being you know the 5.1 mix um it all comes from the same stems yeah Yeah, there's this kind of weird thing where tv speakers particularly aren't good at um dealing with a dynamic range in that. So you have a lot of explosions and, and action sounds, and then the dialogue just kind of get buried. It's, it's frustrating, yeah. right? It's, it almost makes it, it it's definitely, a, it's a huge negative for the experience. I think when that happens, it's, it's, and it detracts, right? Like instead of like a good audio mix should add to the experience instead of detracting from the experience. And I think that's still why people love watching major blockbusters in theaters. Um, but there's also, I think we've, we maybe touched on this in another episode is, is it's also the joint, um, and I'm getting kind of away from it, but like, it's a joint experience with other people. Like you're watching something, people are yeah. reacting the same and there's that sense of community. But yeah, I think audio is one of the big ones. It is so funny. Cause so I've got these, these speakers down, um, in, in the basement here and, and a, my wife comes in, she goes, why are they so big haven't we come <laughs> like hasn't technology evolved i go you know there's a thing called physics that's still like yeah essentially you're still moving air and like this has to happen this way but i think the you know the next evolution of speakers being able to hand handle the that dynamic range being able to handle the you know the, the more of the dolby atmos at home experience absolutely is kind of the next evolution of home cinema yeah, I actually think the next evolution of home cinema in terms of audio is psychoacoustics, or sometimes it's referred to as like ambis- ambisonics, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had some um, demos from like our own Skywalker Sound does this, um, but companies like Boom Cloud 360, shout out to the guys there. They're, they're a bunch of like, you know, like PhDs looking for sponsorship, by the way, guys. So, uh, you know, just uh, just saying. Um <laughs> You know, um, the you know a bunch of really smart PhDs who are doing with a single sound bar. Like I actually went to their, um, um, we have a you know their their um, laboratory. I guess it's their headquarters yeah. is down in like San Francisco, um, San Diego area, and uh, I went to their um, treated room and listened to their demo. And I, at one point, I actually got up and started looking for hidden speakers because what they were putting through a single sound bar um, had this incredibly immersive experience. Um, now the difference of course, between that and Atmos is significant. Atmos is a curated experience done in a mix in a dub stage and artistic intent and creative intent is expressed all the way to the home. When you're dealing with algorithmic immersive audio, which is done in the post-processing world, literally on the device, 
uh, takes a stereo mix and does some magic with it, mm-hmm. then, you know, it's impressive, but is it creative intent? And I think that's where I think there's still some sort of TBD on it, right? I think to be decided, but I really do love where we're going with psychoacoustics and what we can do with just very limited um, uh, mixed uh, sound sources, but in terms of presentation and on limited equipment, because let's, let's face it, who can afford an Atmos setup at home? It's probably what, 3% of the world's population, you know, 3% of a major streaming platform subscribers can probably afford yeah. um, a full Atmos um, setup at home. Um, one of the nice things about Atmos is it, it does manage, it does work on whatever speaker setup you have. As long as you have like a basic surround setup, it will it will approximate. But it's still expensive stuff, isn't it? I mean, I just want them to come out with the setting of the kid is asleep, so the explosions get toned way down. I swear, half the movie, I, whatever it is, like for instance, we just watched Top Gun too. I was messing with the volume of the sound more than paying attention to the movie oh, because it's like <laughs> my god i have to tell you and i can't name the company because um, i suspect they wouldn't be happy with it but i just saw a demo of some technology that was for that exact use case that's it it was Sold. it was like the the kids asleep send the sound to the other side of the room um but i, I can't see too much more because i don't yeah, want to yeah. get in trouble but let's just say there are major audio companies out there that are investing in you know what it like just what it means to actually experience audio in the home um and 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 factoring in the fact that um you know maybe not everyone in the room has is is um has high quality hearing so why not be able to send dialogue to just a little speaker that sits on someone's lapel so we don't have to crank up the whole thing so granddad can hear it you know what i mean like and it's like this kind of interesting stuff like that accessibility and just recognizing that because you're at home you're not in a cinema. So right. there are children sleeping. There are, you know, phones ringing. There's, there are, you know, there is pasta on the boil, right? I mean, I think that's just something really like that's a really untapped space. And there, there is really a lot of people investing in what that means, which is great. I think I agree with you 100%. Yeah. All right. So let's take the flip side of this. So you went IBC, more traditional kind of home cinema broadcast. Now on to DMUX. So the, <laughs> the, <laughs> interactive live streaming what's going on in that world well i feel like one it was a pleasure just to hang out with some of the smartest people in the streaming industry and i feel like now the i guess i could say that what i uh don't know about streaming can now be measured in thousands of megabytes rather than gigabytes and actually the fact that i'm trying to make that joke tells me that i spent too much time at, at dmux really um yeah no i think um Different conference, right? Because it's more like a TED talk yeah. setup, right? You 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 sit in a chair and you get one presentation after the other, and it's there's no tracks. It's just two days of smart presentations, ninety five percent of which I felt were just fantastic, and five percent which were wonderful. But they might as well have been speaking in you know Italian because it was right. like you know once you get into you know uh, transform algorithms, calculus for encoders, you know. Uh, I, you know, I'm not. I'm not an idiot, but you know, at the same time, I was just like, yeah, maybe this is time to go get a sprite. Um, but no, it was great, it, and and but very different, right? Because there's no selling, um, and so I attended some really great talks. Some of the highlights for me were, it's time to drop non-integer uh, time codes. 
why are we still okay. dealing with you know 59.94 frames per second in a oh, digital yeah. world you know what and they're absolutely right like that is the most nuts thing and it's always bugged me like we've had the opportunity for years now in the digital space to not have you know fractional frame rates but we still do um there was a really great talk that was sort of somewhat tongue-in-cheek but set in 2027 and it, and it was like why did hdr fail and um yeah and his point wasn't that his his be a yeah, hot take right his his point wasn't so much that that it's destined to fail he was sort of pointing out some of the some of the uh, sins that we should think on as an industry when we're using this technology and and i think somewhat justly he pointed out apple's ridiculous implementation sorry apple um of uh, dolby vision on their phones where like if i don't know if you've taken i mean you're not an apple guy right yeah. but if you if you shoot you know video on your uh, apple iphone um you know that that that's um these days it, you what you get is something that would light up, you know, the room, you know, it's, it's, you know, you don't, you don't need the light feature anymore, right? You just put on a, um, an HDR asset and, and play back overbaked, basically super bright. And, and there's no range in it. It's just bright. And the whole point of it, well, I think what his point is that high dynamic range is, is a range. Right? It <laughs> needs to be a range. There needs to be some range or otherwise it's just super bright and like, you know, it's just pushed to the top. And that's kind of, I feel, and I apologize to Apple, but it feels like their, their Dolby Vision implementation is like that. Yeah, and so he was kind of pointing all this out. And he also pointed out the recent, um, what's the Game of Thrones spinoff? Um, oh, House of Dragons. House of Dragon episode. Yeah. They were like 13 minutes run watchable for 90% of like streaming community because it was all like, you know, like 20 nits or something oh i haven't even i haven't even watched that series it's uh i haven't either i'm not a i'm not a game of thrones fan but apparently the one of the recent episodes of um the spin-off what like 13 minutes of dialogue were just basically looking at the black screen for most people because (laughs) it was like shot in the dark and you gotta you gotta like question like was that done like you know i mean it's just i'm sure there was some director or some executive producer and like that this is great where this is you know but my god monitors like they they look at this stuff yeah they do but in perfectly lit rooms not at three o'clock in the (laughs) afternoon in an average household where all the lights are on or you know what i mean it's just this it's that that's the problem anyway that was really good too but it was a great conference and just great to like you know you know what it's like when you you know this andy when you when you're just surrounded by smart people um you just you feel like there's some momentum you get i get a lot more optimistic about our industry um and 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 i appreciate the innovation and you know people like jean baptiste you know he's pioneered you know ffmpeg and you know um vlc um these are these are like not normal people right they these are like champions of our industry and they get up and 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 talk about um you know these products and it's just great yeah so in summary very very different from ibc a, a lot more sitting down um and and at a very different um sort of subject matter but very rewarding and also only two days right because i think mm-hmm. five days of that is probably pushing most people's attention span but yeah it was really good really good nice very nice so yeah i know the... that... <laughs> let's oh. talk a little bit about your summer because i know that no, you know no, you... No. <laughs> <laughs> i know you're traveling again uh you know how's that going like because you know the world's sort of opening up for business isn't it and that, that nice little yeah, two years a little of bit. Off I think with, is... 
what's been really good and I, it's, so i mean once again there's this whole going back to the office thing and and not and not but like i've been traveling um because we've been setting up a new team at work so half of us are are split in austin the other half are up here in, in seattle and uh it was just it's just been really good to to like kind of do offsites again um where where you're actually sitting down with coworkers and getting like stuff done you kind of forget the serendipity that happens when you're just kind of in a room um and it doesn't yeah. happen on a call because a call is very time boxed and you go okay we're done with this um and move on whereas like the the new group i'm in is really all about it's kind of like a startup lab so it's like you kind of have to have that serendipity you got to have the arguments and you got to have the you know the back and forth but um that's been really good and seeing some people back in the office i go back in the office now two times a week not saying i want to go back five days a week for sure but uh it's kind of been nice and um yeah besides that you know the the, <laughs> the the biggest thing that we did over the summer was we took the little one for his first plane ride and wow uh, yeah yeah and so he's he's you know two um and we did not go gently into the night on that one. Like it was, we flew to Boston. So that's oh, a wow. flight. <laughs> no, you do, you do Seattle, Portland, man. That's your first one. Nope. Nope. Like a bandaid right off. Uh, so it was funny. So we we're sitting there and we get on the flight. Like he's, there's a, a playground in Seattle airport. Most of the airports now have these playgrounds. Which yeah. I never noticed before having a child. And so he was just playing, having a good time. And then we get on the plane and he's all excited. And of course we get, uh, on, you know, the, the pilot comes on the, um, the cabin comes on the intercom. We're delayed like for an hour and a half. And I'm just looking at my wife going, we have a ticking time bomb. I don't know when he's going to go off. Like he's good now, but, um, but I will give a shout out where a shout out is due and we're not sponsored by Delta, but like the Delta flight attendant, like was outstanding, like took row, brought him like it was at one point, uh, my wife gets up, takes row back to the, the restroom. And all of a sudden I see the flight attendant with my child, like walking by me. That's like, awesome. Where's, where's my wife. And, uh, so they took him up to the, the, the cabin. He got to sit there and uh, meet the the captain and the co-captain and uh so that was really cool but yeah he he did i didn't know a human could move for six hours straight but he did and he did not <laughs> sleep <laughs> so yeah yeah it's been it was good like summer's been good weather has been good up here i mean a lot of smoke up here right now oh it's terrible but, I, I read today we have the third worst air quality in the world behind um delhi and sing and um uh, beijing today yeah well that's portland that's oregon i don't know that's a list for right so. right yeah <laughs> but yeah summer's yeah. been good you know uh doing a little more traveling and um yeah, I think uh, getting back into the swing of of work travel is going to start happening here very soon. Yeah, it's a little bit. It's been a bit crazy for me the last. I, I'm trying to you know dial it back a bit just because, you know, I have a kid similar age as you, similar age to you, and it's just I don't want I don't I don't want to be on the road all that time. Right. Well, look, I think we should probably wrap this one up. Um, I'm excited about season two. We, we've got some really good ideas. I think about subject matter. Um, we're going to keep it light. 
mostly because I don't know what else we would do. We're not really experts in anything, right? It's mean, no. kind of like, you know, it's, it's like Fox News, but slightly less informed, you know. Yeah, um, think of us like a <laughs> trivia night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's trivia night. Exactly. That's great. And like, oh, that's an interesting one. But I just, as you were talking, I think, you know, an episode on the tribalism behind airline loyalty is a really good one, too. <laughs> Because I'm a big Delta guy, but and but people, yeah. some people are like like Delta, like are you nuts? You know, I or just you, love that. It's like a great discussion. United? You're like, Ugh, didn't they kill a Ooh, dog? United, Ugh, that's Ugh. not when they had a peacock on board or something. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think that's a great. That's actually a great one to do. Alrighty, well, look, um, we're at like I don't know twenty something minutes here, so we should probably wrap this up. Welcome to season two, Andy. As always, it's a pleasure. I'm really excited that we've picked this back up as we enter into the colder months. Um, we'll keep this going. Uh, any final thoughts? Uh, no, <laughs> not right wow, now. That was disappointing. Yeah. That was really I'm disappointing. Sorry. I'll save, really... I'll save the big reveal for later in season two. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. You are listening to the first episode of season two of The Last Call with myself, David Griggs, and the inflappable, knowledgeable Andy Kane. And we will see you next week um, with an episode on something. I feel like this has been the episode of about nothing. Next week we will have uh, a, a more of um, you know, some some theme at least to to embrace, and so look forward to talking to you all then. In the meantime, be curious. <laughs>